What is going on team? Fitzy here. Welcome to a long awaited episode of the Pursuit Podcast. It's uh, pretty busy here at Warfighter HQ. We've got a lot on. Uh, as always, there's a lot on the, there's a lot on the cards. There's a lot in the pipeline and there's a lot that we're working on. It is just, it is what it is when it comes to the pursuit of excellence. So, um, on my personal page at FitzActual, um, up on Instagram, I posted a Q and a, um, a couple of weeks ago now, but we've been busy. We've been on the road. We've been, we've been working hard. Um, but we'll get to it now. There's a lot of good questions in there, a lot of good topics to cover. But before we talk on those topics, I've got a few things I want to cover off. Um, the first thing I want to cover off is if you are new to the Pursuit Podcast, I just want to welcome you to the Pursuit Podcast. This podcast has been running uh, for a good couple of years now, well back into my time uh, when I was serving within NZSoft, because at that time I couldn't put my face out there. I had to keep my identity a secret. And so what I would do instead was jump on a podcast and share my thoughts, feelings, and opinions. Um, instead of making a video, it was just recording the audio. Um, so there is there are a lot of topics that I've unpacked um, in, in, in the Pursuit Podcast. Feel free to scroll back to go through um, a lot of the older um, a lot of the older episodes because there are a lot of topics that I have found, we have found uh, that Warfighter that a lot of people can relate to and get a lot of value for, uh, value from. Um, which is the entire point of the podcast is to share maximum value. The next thing um, is within the Pursuit Podcast, we used to have um, a it was a it was a course, a package, um, and I was working with people as well. Um, but with COVID and with how much everybody was struggling with mental health, motivation, life, and the likes, we decided, or I decided that. I didn't want people to pay for this course. I wanted the course to be free and I wanted the resource to be free to anybody and in anybody, to everybody and anybody who A, needs help and B, is somewhere, they're they're not where they want to be and they know they they can be somewhere better. That That was what I wanted. And so that is why we ended up going and putting the course, um, here on the podcast for free. So if you go to or look amongst um, our playlist and start scrolling down, you will find, um, I believe it is Welcome to Unleash the Warrior Within, which will be lesson 1.0. And then from there it goes up. Okay, so team, um, if, you, if, you're, if you're looking for more value, if you're wanting to level up, if you're wanting to, to listen to mindset, if you're wanting to find out my wife is starting this company, um, if you want me, if you want to hear me talking on a range of topics, um, then definitely scroll back through the podcast and hook and have a listen. The second thing I want to cover off is, let me take a sip from my coffee cup. It's good, team. It's good. Is this a is this a pursuit podcast without me sipping on a coffee? I think not. I think we're coming up short. If I'm not sitting here slurping on a coffee. I think we're really coming up short in production value. Mm. Nonetheless, team, I digress. Okay, so was it last week? The days are melting. Um, it just it just is what it is when you're at the uh, when you're at the helm. Um, the days are they're, they're blending together, merging together, melting together. But nonetheless, I sat down with Dan, the Hangman Hooker. Um, he is a really unique character, a guy I've been a fan of for a long time, um, and one of the things that I really admire about Dan is he one is he is never under any illusions of where he's at 
He knows where he's at. He knows um, some people that they're, they're clouded by delusion. Okay, to put it blunt, to put it bluntly, people are clouded by fucking delusion. Um, Dan isn't clouded by delusion, but he also doesn't let a setback bring the whole house of cards crumbling down. And I think that's really important. I've seen it within the military realm and the military spheres where a guy will turn up to selection and they won't have a good first run at selection and they then decide that this isn't for them or that they don't have what it takes, which is fucking bullshit. You just learn a whole lot about yourself. You learn where your deficiencies are at. You probably learn where your strengths are at. You probably learn what you can do really, really well. Um, but the most important thing is, is we learn the most when we fail. I have failed tremendously um, in my life. I've come up short in so many aspects of my life. I continue to make decisions. I continue to take risks. I continue to, to fail, which then enables me to push forward, to adapt, to overcome, and then inevitably succeed. But it's a perpetual cycle. It's a continuous cycle that we go through for our, for our lifetime. And I don't believe it ever stops. If you have the courage and the tenacity to continue to go the extra mile, to take the risk, to step back into the arena. And one of the, one of the things that I love about Dan is more often than not, and I, and I get it a lot in the DMs, whether it's in, on the Warfighter page or the Fitz Actual page, and that is young guys affected by parents and the likes, friends sharing their unhelpful, negative, doubt-filled opinions on what this person should, could do with their life. When it comes down to it, all that matters is what is your goal? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? What do you need to do in order to get there? And to give more context to what I'm talking about here was me and Dan were talking about the early adversity within his career. And he made no illusions. You know, he, he, he's lost in fight and fighting since he, since he began, but he doesn't ever let a loss derail his entire career. And look at how far he's come. He's in the most stacked division in the UFC and the ultimate fighter mean championship. He's fought with the best of the best. He's had some good showings. He's had some losses, but if he has people telling him, Hey, Maybe it's time to do something else. He never lets an external opinion derail his own self-worth, his own self-belief and his own self-confidence. And so here he is once again, rebuilding himself to go back on a run. And I think that says a lot about him and it says a lot about the man. Another thing that you're not really ever going to see about Dan Hooker, uh, which I love and I'm just going to talk on it. It's got nothing to do with the last point. So the main point in their team is don't let the external infiltrate the internal. It's again, and I've spoke about that before, but that's essentially it. Everybody is going to doubt you. Everybody is going to doubt you. Just make sure you're not one of them. Make sure you're not one of them. You may fail. You may come up short. It doesn't mean you have to quit, to give in, to give up. It just means you need to maybe stop, take a tactical pause, reassess, and then go again. Okay, so but one thing I want to talk about with Dan Hooker that is um, it's not really even talked about and most people don't know about it and most people don't ask about it, but what makes Dan truly unique is he really gives a fuck about other fighters. He really 
really, really wants to contribute and does contributes to the sport of mixed martial arts beyond his own selfish needs, wants and desires, which I think is very fucking rare, especially in fighting, which is a selfish sport. Okay. It is a team sport, but it's not a team sport. Uh, and, and, and Dan really does give a lot to the sport. And that's why I am also a massive fan. Okay. So team, they are the couple of things I wanted to cover off. And then now we are going to hook into, um, the Q and A stuff that I, that I threw up and some of the good stuff that came back. Okay. The first one we're going to start with, because I think it's really relevant. Stand by. Oh, that coffee is good team. Okay. So the first thing that we are going to cover off okay is from all con s2 uh, on instagram okay uh haters doubters tall poppies and how to put them behind you so to give context all right um more often than not especially in the military space if you go and put yourself out there in the public space especially after serving in the military and it's going to be more specific and more uh nzdf centric because the NZDF is very, very strict on social media and their social media policy, OPSEC, PERSEC, all that stuff. My thing is this, most of the two shop, okay, obviously if you're in the two shop, don't get upset because it's not, it's normally not the, the, the low in tops. It's normally the, the higher ups. I think they confuse, um, I think they're confused about what OPSEC means. Um, but we're not gonna get into that, okay? But anyway, when you've been in the military and then you then decide you're gonna go and do something different with your life and you've learned all these skills, you've had these experiences and you feel like you've got something to offer the world, generally, if you've gone and served in the military, there's a good chance that you are a person that is driven by mission, by passion, by purpose. And so more often than not, you probably wanna to continue to live a life that is fueled by mission, passion and purpose, right? So you look at, for example, for me, for Warfighter Athletic, okay? We've got the Pursuit Podcast, we've got the free workout libraries, the free push-up program. We're always putting, you know, mindset, motivation, ideologies, thoughts, feelings, opinions out into the social media ether, ether to try brainwash people into positivity. I want to fucking brainwash people into believing in themselves and having confidence that they can go and achieve the audacious goals they have fucking set out before them. But in doing so, especially myself, being probably one of the first guys in NZ Soft if not the NZ Defense Force to like really put myself out there on large scale. And again, when you're sharing your opinion, again, you're setting yourself for a, you're setting yourself up for a lot of ridicule. Okay. Um, and so this guy here is obviously he is concerned with, you know, the haters, the doubters, the tall poppy syndrome. It's one of those things where people, and I truly believe this, people want to see you do well. There's a rare, there are rare gems out there who do not care if you do better than them. They are a rare gem. They are a rare diamond in the rough. They are a real, a rare diamond in the rough. Most people want to see you do well, but they don't want to see you do better than them. I just truly believe that it's human nature. Is it a bad thing? I don't know. Maybe it is the competitive edge. Even myself, I have friends, I have acquaintances that I know that are in the business game. And if I look at them and see them doing like really fucking well, 90% of me, is like i'm stoked for that person that is awesome fucking i love you brother it's great to see you doing well on the outside out of the military but there is still 10 percent in me like hmm i need to catch this motherfucker i need to step up i need to surpass them and they're, they're, again that's I, it's a it's a negative and a positive um so it's always it's a little bit of human nature 
Um, but what matters is not what people are thinking about you. It does not matter what people are saying about you. What matters is one, your intent. What is your intent? My intent, and I don't give a fuck how cheesy or how dramatic it sounds. I want to change people's lives. And my why is fucking buried deep in my work. And the reason for that is if you go back and listen to episodes like my uh, my deep why behind starting Warfighter FedEx or the title of something at that point, if you go back to my childhood and where I've come from and where I grew up in government housing and everything I fucking went through in my childhood, the struggles, the ups and downs, the, the living in a broken home, the living with a single mother, the just the fucking shit I went through as a kid and all I wanted and all I was after was just someone to look up to and as long as I had an idol someone to look up to something to aim at I was all good little Fitzy was all good so most of the time when I'm putting content out I don't give a fuck if people like it or not all I care about is out there somewhere is either a what I call little Fitzy so little Fitzy is me it's that, that, that young boy who is looking for something. He's a dreamer. He has goals, dreams, and aspirations, but he's not surrounded by enablers. He's not surrounded by positive enablers. He's not surrounded by people who are telling him that he can do it. If he puts in the work, if he works hard enough, if he works his face off, that he can do it. I want to reach out to him and I want to fill him with hope. I want to fill him with confidence and I want to give him goals to go out and succeed. I want to give him the courage or plant the seed. He's going to have to water it, but I want to be able to potentially plant the seed within him to let him know that, hey, this lofty goal dream that you have over here, dude, if you put in the work, I was where, I, I was where you were. I know what it's like to be where you are. I know what it's like to be thinking, when the fuck does this get better for me? When does all this bullshit end? I know what it's like being there. But if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, if you keep working your face off, if you believe in yourself, if you fuck, if you just put on your blinders, if you block out the naysayers, the haters, and all those tall poppy motherfuckers, if you block them out and you keep working and you stay committed to your craft and you stay committed to your goals, trust me, you're going to end up a long way away from where you are now. Or it's that dude who's maybe he's lived a bit of his life and he didn't scratch the itch and he's now thinking, what if? Because there's a fuckload of people out there like that. They, they didn't scratch the itch. And that was one of my things. I always scratched the itch. Maybe I pulled the trigger a little too fast sometimes, but I always scratch the itch. And so if there's a guy out there, and again, I, I love a quote by Jordan Peterson. Um, I don't know if he's the originator, originator of the quote, but it, the quote is, men lead lives of quiet desperation. And I feel it in my heart and my soul that I yearn for adventure. I yearn for challenge. I yearn for growth. I yearn for meaning. I yearn for depth in life. It is in my fucking soul calling out to me 24 seven. And if I can reach out and touch that dude and, and, and make him believe that fuck, I didn't scratch the itch, but it's not too late and I've got time and it's time to take the risk. It's time to risk it for the motherfucking biscuit. If I can reach out and touch him and make him take action, then that for me is fucking mission complete. And it doesn't matter what anyone else is saying. So that's really important. Know your intent, know your why and execute. Because when people are coming up with all sorts of theories, thoughts and opinions and ideas on why you're doing what you're doing, 
if you know in your heart and if you know in your soul why you're doing what you're doing that is all that matters so that is how i'd answer that question um it is hard you know at times especially for me um you know being within the special operations brotherhood when you hear there are dudes talking shit about you um but i've just learned like a lot of those dudes are fucking losers and i don't care how well i know them if i can i probably still love them like a brother um even if they don't love me i still love them um but that's just it man you know people aren't and that's life too like you know people don't have to agree with what i'm doing people go, oh you know he should have stayed in the shadows he should have done this he shouldn't have mentioned the soccer cool whatever um i didn't believe that was the the my i didn't believe that was the right course of action i obviously believe the course of action that i took was the right one um and I, I thought it was the best way to inspire people. And from the messages that I've had, the emails that I've had, the, the, like literally a fucking metric ton of emails of people who didn't believe in themselves, who didn't have confidence, who were overweight, who didn't have goals, didn't have dreams, didn't have aspirations, who maybe were even suicidal. We've had that multiple times. People who are suicidal, they don't like where they're going. Their life is not where they want it to be at. And through the podcast, through the, the social media feed, through our posts, through my writing, because I write every fucking caption, through my work, through my love for this mission, for this pa my passion for this community, my commitment to this community, I have been able to impact those people and turn around. So again, haters, doubters, and all those tall poppy motherfuckers. Do not worry and do not concern yourself with their opinion because it does not matter. Another another quote, something along the lines of people's opinions of me is, is not my concern. And it's, again, I know it's hard. Team, I know it's hard. It's easier said than done. But practice makes perfect. And when you practice not caring about shit like that, you are better off. Okay, uh, let's go on to the next one. Okay, are we reaching a breaking point with bureaucrats and government roles not being in touch with the needs of the troops on the ground, NZDF, police, fins, ambos, nursing services. Okay, this is getting a little political here, to a degree. And I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> mm, that coffee is good. Okay, so team, honestly, I'm just going to throw it out there. And I don't care what's happened the last couple of years. Excuses are a dime a dozen. Um, Again, to come from a background where no one really cares for excuses, feelings, um, and emotions. It's, uh, okay, cool. You bring in the problem. You better, you better bring the solution. Um, so again, I don't really care what's happened the last couple of years. This current government is trash with a capital T and I have never seen morale so low across every government organization. Okay. Every government organization morale is at a rock bottom um are we at breaking point okay this was sent before fins went on well the firefighters frontline firefighters went on strike nurses have been on strike i know morale in police and the nzdf is relatively low they are just lucky that there are a bunch of motherfuckers in those organizations who want to go out there and do their job um because if this was a another country where we didn't have such strong uh, morals and values um, and our compass bearing wasn't so aligned with doing the right thing, the NZDF and police would just be an absolute fucking shit show. Um, but yeah, we're definitely, we, we are, uh, I would say, are we at breaking point or is, is it already broken 
for me, it sounds like the NZDF is, is broken. It sounds like police is broken or breaking. Um, it looks like fiends broken, ambos broken, nurses broken. Yeah, I would say, I don't know if we're at breaking point. I think we're already broken. And I think now it's about how do we rebuild these organizations back to, back to glory, back to former glory. Um, and again, like what is the solution there? I think it starts at culture uh, the, and everything, because I believe everything stems from culture. And we stop with PC bullshit and we stop with trying to be woke and we stop trying to, and we stop trying to worry about um, all these things like, and they are important team. I do believe they are important, but what is really important is that you're good at your job. Okay. So I can really speak to the NZDF one, which is, are you really squared away? Like, again, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, world-class army with mana, a world-class army with mana. Are we a world-class army with mana? And again, like, are we looking at one of the most, are we looking at our infantry battalions? Are they one of the most competent fighting forces in the entire world? I don't know. Okay, I've been removed from the green machine a few years. But it seems to me from the outside looking in that the focus is a little off. There's a whole lot of box ticking exercises. There's a whole lot of, uh, there's a whole lot of what sounds like to me from what's being reported back to me, a whole lot of uh, woke generals and colonels and the likes who are more worried about looking good and getting a little fucking medal for doing some paperwork. Uh, instead of having a world-class army with actual mana, with actual warrior fighting spirit, with being a world-class fighting force, because that is the whole purpose of taxpayers' money being spent, is being a fucking world-class warrior, um, being a world-class defense force. So again, are we focusing on war fighting functions? Are we focusing on the wrong thing? And again, now imagine if it was your son or your daughter who went off and joined the defense force, right? Because this is how I like to put it into context. Imagine it's your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, they went off to join the defense force, the police, the fire service, they became a nurse. They're living a life filled with service, which is, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. They're, they're literally serving their community. They are the backbone of the community, of the country. Imagine if we didn't have all these nurses working their fucking ass off in, in, in the hospitals and in ED and all the rest of it. And in the ICUs, fucking scooping up shit and vomit and dealing with fucking druggies and overdoses and, and all sorts of all sorts of a range of crazy stuff. We didn't have these people out there. We didn't have firefighters and, and, and police officers and ambos, you know, scooping people up off the fucking road, off the state highways, just dealing with suicide and dealing with the, the, the most crazy stuff that is going to affect these people for the rest of their life and yet here they are getting paid a salary that barely makes ends meet if not falling short altogether so again there's a lot of work that needs to be done here this is a topic that i could probably talk on for quite some time but yeah so to answer that question from the man himself um i don't know if he wants to be named so i won't name him but i fucking love you bro thanks for the question um okay Here's another one. How do you go about picking your friends and coworkers? Well, I think for the coworkers, you're fucked, mate. <laughs> to be totally honest, uh, I, there's not a lot you can do there with coworkers. Um, I've worked with dudes that I've loved, and I've worked with dudes that I've thought were absolute fuckwits. Um, and hey, you know, people have probably thought about that about me. That is life. Um, so yeah, you can't really pick your coworkers. All it, uh, 
a great team leader of mine though. I really um, admired him because one, because he was uh, ADD quite like myself, um, but he could generally flick the switch. Okay, team, we got interrupted there. Um, anyway, had a man picking up a commando jacket. But nonetheless, hooking back in, standby. Oh, team, every time. Every time. I'm such a caffeine addict. Mm. Okay. Carrying on. Okay, so yeah, okay, co-workers, you can't really pick him. So no, a, a good team leader of mine, um, a good thing he, he always said when he, when he set the scene for the team, whenever we got any new people in there, and again, in, 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 in NZ Sof, you do get um, a lot of big personalities. I'm a big personality, um, but it's about knowing when to turn it on and turn it off. And it's not about turning, turning it off completely. Um, I used to have a, a saying or a mindset, it was kind of both, which is jobs on, okay? And so you can do all the fucking around, the shit talking, the smack, the banter, all that good stuff. Um, but when it's jobs on, it's time to shut the fuck up and get serious. And, and, and focus on the task at hand and focus on the mission and all the bullshit and come later. So it's about knowing how to turn it off like a light switch. Um, and during my soft career, I did get really good at that. Um, but my team leader always said, leave your personalities at home. So that's a really important one. Eh? When, you're, when you're in the workplace, I think it's really, really, really important that no matter what you have going on at home, obviously it's gonna depend on how close you are to your coworkers. Um, you know, you can have that coworker that you can actually reach out to and speak about the the stuff that you have going going on at home and all that good stuff. Um, but in general, um, it is good to leave the bullshit um, and not your, his saying was leave your personality at home and it's not about leaving your, your personality in all its entirety at home. Um, but it's about leaving the bullshit at home, okay? So if you don't get along with a guy in a social setting, that's fine. You don't have to enjoy that person's company um, outside of work um, in any way, shape or form. But when you're at work, what is the mission? What is the task at hand? And how do you guys work together harmoniously in order to get the mission done and the mission achieved, okay? And that's just about being maturity. Um, it's about fucking being an adult and being a growing up and leaving all the high school shit behind and just getting on with the job. Um, and that was a, a great trait um, that, that my team leader at the time had. Um, and he always set the scene by saying, leave personalities at home. I don't give a fuck if you don't like each other, um, which is great. That is one thing I miss about the Defence Force is your ability to shoot straight. Okay, next question. Okay, have I read David Goggins' book and my thoughts on it all? Okay, I've read a good chunk of Can't Hurt Me. Um, and I thought it was a bloody good read. Uh, at some point, I did, if I opened up uh, my audio book, um, I'd probably be able to find out where I fell off. Um, at some point, I did fall off reading it. Um, and it is one of those things where, like, I've just... One, I've lived similar... I, so I, did, I, got, a lot, I got a lot from the book. I did get a lot from the book. Um, it gave me a greater understanding and respect for David Goggins, not that I needed any more because I already hold him in such high regard. Um, but it really just drove home the point too of like, no matter how bad you've had it, there's always someone who's had it worse than you. Um, and there's, there was just a lot that I could relate to with Goggins and one, it was the, the childhood thing. But again, you know, like, I thought my childhood was like, a, it was what it was. It was kind of bipolar. It was good. 
Um, and then there were some like really dark times and some really bad times. Um, but when you read David Goggins book, you're like, man, my, my childhood looked easy compared to his. Um, and again, it's just that saying of a uh, bit of perspective, eh? you know, someone's always had it worse than you. Um, but the other thing too was, you know, um, I didn't have anything like Goggins, you know, growing up and I, I loved his rawness and his authenticity and his self-awareness. So he knew his deficiencies growing up. He knew he was a liar. He knew he was living this character that wasn't really him. And I, I like his ability, um, and he probably hates that kind of context, but I like his ability to be vulnerable, to unpack that in a book and share that. Um, because the thing is, it is one of those things that a lot of people don't really unpack where when we're growing up, when we're in school and high school and whatnot, we are filled with insecurities. We are filled with confidence issues. Um, I remember growing up and, and, and being petrified of girls and never thinking any girl would ever like me. Uh, even though I had, uh, especially later in high school when I lived in Australia, was I had an army of girlfriends, like girlfriends, girls who were friends, um, not girlfriends, actual. <laughs> but again, like uh, I think it was because I never ever um, would put myself out there in that much of a way because I was so scared of rejection. Um, you know, I was I was horrified of rejection um, and lots of stuff like that. So I wouldn't I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk it for the biscuit. Where now. Um, older, when I look at life and opportunity, if I see an opportunity in my life now, I just pull the trigger instead of um, sitting there thinking about rejection and failure and all those sorts of things. So no, I could I could really relate to David Goggins in that in that that area as well. But the last one was um, I really took away from Goggins' book was ah uh, yes, I've got it. Uh, no, so one thing that I can really resonate with Goggins was. Uh, he, he was a big personality. Um, he's a big personality. He is extroverted um, and he puts himself out there. And uh, definitely I experienced that, especially um, early in my soft career. Um, you know, like, like anyone and everyone, I had my own deficiencies. I had things that I was good at. I had things I had things that I was not so good at and things I had to like work really hard on to be good at. Um, but it didn't really matter. I still carried myself with a lot of confidence. Um, but especially in NZ soft, I think the tall poppy syndrome is pretty, it was pretty bad. Um, and so originally very early when people would meet me, they would judge me based off my extrovertedness and they would often mistake it for arrogance. And then over years of being in the unit, um, you know, I built a, a better reputation of people understanding that's just, you know, Fitzy's just pretty out there. He's pretty, he's pretty extroverted, but when it comes to doing his job and when it comes to, to work, he's professional, he's driven, um, and I used to do a, a lot of speak, uh, a lot of speaking in front of uh, big groups or to big groups, big squadrons. Um, I used to deliver a lot of capability briefs, um, as well as running um, some training, um, which I had some pipelines, which I ended up getting really good feedback on um, from people being impressed by the, the, the quality um, of the, the presentation or the course or the training that I was delivering. Um, and the confidence in which I delivered it as well. So it ended up being a really, a, a, a huge positive for me. Um, but again, it's a lot to work through um, when you are being judged by your peers, uh, just because you are who you are. And for me, I'm an extrovert, I'm outspoken. Um, if I've got an opinion, um, I'm probably gonna share it. I, I still remember being back in, in intermediate. I still remember one of my form teachers just saying, Jordan, if you could bite your tongue, you'd be a whole lot better off. Um, but I found, especially in my later career, it was a real strength for me was, you know, like if I thought, 
the team wasn't being looked after or the lads weren't being looked after, or if the squadron as a whole, again, New Zealand, a lot smaller in scale, so you, you can have a lot more say um, and kind of share your piece uh, within the squadron. And so again, um, if they were looking at, you know, what direction the squadron was going and training and what it was going to look like and what operational capability we're going to be looking at, you know, keeping or scrapping or focusing on and what we're going to be, you know, I could say, hey, look, this is my piece. I'm just going to say it. And I uh, wasn't always received originally um, well by some officers, but then afterwards, again, appreciated um, the fact that I, that I spoke my mind. Um, and again, it was always in the best interest of everybody, not just the individual. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a great thing I take away from Goggins, but yeah. Um, okay, so my thoughts on the book was, it was, it's a good book, it's a good read, uh, what I did read of it, but then uh, after a while it starts to, I don't know, I've read a lot of these books over my time, and again, I've kind of walked a similar path and whatnot, so I do find myself now, if a book is like super military, I start to get a little bit bored of it, um, and that's just because I kind of, well, kind of, I did, I lived that world for quite a big chunk of my life. Um, and that's why for me, I personally preferred a book like Nims Die because yes, he was in the military. Yes, he was a Gurkha. Yes, he was in the SBS or UKSF. Um, but a lot of it was on his mountaineering feats, which I found a lot more interesting because it's a path I haven't traveled, a place I haven't, uh, place I haven't been. And it's something that I can't quite comprehend, which is awe inspiring Nims Die. So again, uh, Nims Die, uh, Impossible. Is that the name of the book? Nims Die Impossible. Let me just quickly Google this. Nims Die's book to make sure I get it right, team. Um, Nims Die book. Beyond Possible. Okay, there it is there. Nims Die Beyond Possible. For me personally, that was a much better read. Um, and again, I love David Goggins' videos, his stories, his... Um, his keynote speeches, anything David Goggins has got to say, I generally find interesting. It gets me barred up, gets me all G'd up. Um, but something, you know, really different, really unique, really inspiring is uh, Nimstein Beyond Possible. Okay, so if you haven't hooked into that book or if you've finished David Goggins, then hook into that. Okay, um, what's the next one? Okay, thoughts or thoughts, tips for support squadron poos, non-combat trades, making the jump to command SAS. My thoughts, feelings, and opinions is if that is something you feel like you want to do, then do it. Um, quite often, you're probably already within the unit, so you know how everything works. Um, and so if you still want to do it because you're, you're behind, I guess, the smoke and mirrors, so to speak, so if it's still something you really want to do, then make the jump and you already know what you need to do in order to be successful on assessment selection. So I don't really need to go on there. Do the work, turn up prepared and know why in your heart and your soul you want it. Okay, getting to know yourself, mental health, martial arts, how to build endurance. Okay, um, so getting to know yourself, eh? You know, it's, it is one of those things where we think we know ourselves, but most people don't really know themselves until they find themselves in an uncomfortable situation um, or in some adversity, and then they really start to see where they are at in life. And more so how their brain works, you know? So that's why, for me, joining the Army, infantry corps training, selection, these are all experiences that really get you to dive deep into who you are. You get away from social media and all the bullshit. Um, and it's, again, it's that idea where you think you want to do something, or you think you know what you're about, but when you're thinking those thoughts, 
when you're having those feelings, you're probably in a place of comfort. Um, it's a lot different to see where you're at when you're actually in the shit, when you're actually doing something really fucking hard, when you're actually pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone and into adversity. Okay, so that's, that's, that's for me, getting to know yourself is you've got to get uncomfortable. You've got to go and do something that forces you well and truly beyond your comfort zone. That is how you will get to know yourself. That is how you'll start to understand your deficiencies. And that's how you'll really start to build real mental toughness, fortitude and resilience. Okay, uh, the next one is, you know, a bit of mental health. For me, it's, again, it's about self-awareness. It's about knowing what works for you and knowing your own needs, wants and desires and what you need to be happy. Um, and so for me, it's working out, uh, but it's also doing things that remove the noise. Again, being extroverted um, and ADHD-ish in nature. I do like a lot going on. I do like a little bit of chaos, but at the same time, um, at the same time, I still need those moments of quiet to just hear myself think, to process everything, to rack and stack everything going on in my life and to clearly identify the direction I want to keep heading in my life. And so for me, that is working out, that is going hunting, hiking, sitting on the side of a hill. That really enables me to just purge mentally and physically um, and really listen to the chatter going on in my brain. Okay, and then how to build endurance? It is to endure. Um, that's really it. Building endurance is about enduring. Um, but no, if, if you're really talking about like how to build physical endurance, I mean, it's it's just like, you know, training the gym, training in the gym. You, you've got to do the, you've got to do the work. You've got to start off wherever you're at now. And then you've got to progressively overload, right? So we increase distance, we increase time, we increase uh, intensity, tempo, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, if you want a more comprehensive um, on how to build endurance, then that's, uh, again, this episode's getting pretty long, so I'll look to do one on training and physical performance. Um, I might have someone on for that. Anyway, team, that is all I'm gonna cover uh, today's episode, because it is getting quite long. We've got a few more questions in there, but. Again, I can answer them on another one. If you have any more questions, queries, thoughts, feelings, opinions, topics you want covered on the podcast, then reach out on the Warfighter Athletic page or on my personal page at FitzActual. Hope you uh, got some value from this podcast. Um, that is it, team. That is it for the podcast. No, I was going to cover another topic. No, I'm not. I'm not. We're going to leave it there. I could talk on here all day. I could talk for a buddy. I could do three-hour Joe Rogan podcasts, um, but I feel I want to try to keep it snackable. Um, anyway, team, I can Fitzy out.